No matter if you're a mature training company or you just start your journey in a training business, building a compelling training schedule for six months or a year is a challenge. You need to have enough planned workshops to grab attendees and prevent them from going to your competitors. Yet you're gonna have too many to keep a cancellation rate low. A high cancellation rate damages your reputation and leaves trainers without work. So how can you find the right balance between too many events and too few? What should you take into consideration? And how can you balance the calendars of many internal and external trainers your company works with? Today we are going to explore this question with Philip Engstler. Philip has worked for over 15 years in leading positions in the internet and e-commerce industry. He co-founded Flowdays, an agile training cooperative from Switzerland in 2016. These days, Flowdays works with more than 20 agile trainers from around the world. Welcome to the Training Business Anatomy podcast. Here we try to answer one not-so-simple question – how to build and scale a successful training business. I'm your host, Sergey Kotlov, and we are ready to jazz. Uh, hey, Philip, nice to, nice to have you here. Nice talking to you. Great. Could you please tell me and the audience more about yourself and uh, Flow Days, what it is and what you do? Yeah, happy to do so. So, um, Flow Days is a cooperative. We have founded um, more than six years ago now. We are uh, based in Switzerland and serving basically Germany, Austria, Switzerland, German-speaking people, but also um, corporates and uh, give trainings in the Agile area um, in English language as well. So um, since about four years, we, we have oh, three years, three and a half years, we have decided to create a uh, agile academy so which is part of the flow days cooperation and um we run with with the workshop butler on that and uh, mm -hmm. so that's basically our, our our setup that's what we do we are we are all agilists uh by by heart and by soul so to say um mm -hmm. that's what we do so so we are into agile and agile organizations and uh, this is also what we teach Mm -hmm. Great. And uh, what is what is cooperative mean? What does cooperative mean? So the cooperative is is basically a setup where where we have our int we bring in our interests um, in in into into this cooperative and make it run. So instead of like having five, six, seven, eight, or several multiple um, own companies with like one or two employees, um, we we have kind of a connection with each other in this cooperative which uh, has the big advantage for us that we do not need to make money by law right so uh, of course we we want to to earn money for what we do but but um we don't have to make money or or um have to to show the taxes that we have um great wins at the end and, and, and growth. So we, we're not, we're not uh, committed and uh, we don't need to make growth or a lot of, of um, reserves which we have to put to the bank as, as a regular company have. We don't have a boss. So we are on eye level and have to talk to each other. Um, mm -hmm. So that 
we found is a great start when we founded the company to have a learning company, right? So, so and that's what, where we are right now. It's not always easy, I must say, <laughs> um, without, without the boss and everyone is the boss, right? So making sure we get in one, one direction, but these are the main reasons that, that we have a base, uh, you, a, a legal base where we can actually practice a non, non-boss um, firm, I'd say. Okay, sounds, sounds interesting. And uh, I, I look at your website and um, you work with, uh, with a number of uh, external trainers you call friends, is it correct? Yes, yeah, so we have basically the inner circle, we call it, or the heart of, of uh, Flow Days Cooperative. These are the people who make sure that the company runs um, and, and bring in also some labor and, um, and, and leave some money there. And we have an outer ring, I'd say, of, of Flow Day friends, we call them. So those are people we, we really like. And, and uh, of course, we hope that they like us as well. <laughs> no, they do like <laughs> us as well. And uh, we like to, to work with each other, um, but they don't want to become Flow Day's core member or so, but they want, they're interested um, kind of like a you know, freelance base work with us. And the good cooperation from the past has shown that this is quite a good, good solution for, for people looking for, for work or freelance based mandates and stuff. So that's, that's what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. And with so many, with so many people working um, on a freelance-based uh, uh, schedule, um, and uh, I also say many, many directions you work with. So there is obviously agile, but then even we go deeper. So there is Scrum and design thinking and business agility and leadership um, and probably other directions mm, so how, how do you how do you make uh, make the schedule training schedule for for a year or for half a year so it would be interesting for for your audience yes well <laughs> it's not a diff not an easy one right so so as, as you mentioned it's it's quite complex things you have we have the friends they they, they offer here with us and maybe with others um, we have to coordinate all all these potential dates from all these different different trainers, almost like um, well that this is what an academy does, right? This is kind of our, our core competence at the end. Um, but you ask me how how do we do this? So so basically we communicate a lot, and we feel independent. So each each of the the flow days academy. Um, members or, or, or trainers who want to to uh, schedule their training, they go to our website or our, our backend and, and find out when um, our trainings already planned. And if there's a conflict, a day conflict, we can run two, two classes, two different classes at the same day. This is not a problem, but it's up to the trainer. So we delegate it to the trainer to find the dates they they want to to offer their classes and they have to check themselves on the back end 
and then they enter basically a plan for the next half year and then every half year we do have a meeting where we meet uh, in the in a small inner circle and then we we come up with a schedule and uh, send it out and get the agreements and that's basically it okay and uh, so there are there are external trainers uh, so your friends that uh, decide by themselves right that yes. they want to they want to run some specific training and uh, then they come up with a with a plan and uh, then you you meet half uh, once once uh, once each six months to to create a schedule out of it yes but that's that's a very operative what I, what I just mentioned right yeah that's the, that's just one side the other side is a more tactical or strategical one and and saying like when when is it seasonally uh, a good time to to offer trainings what we find out is that that um in switzerland at least in q4 so in october november december it's a very good time to offer training so the year is almost over people still have budget <laughs> in corporates and and uh, looking for trainings but they also have a bit more uh, a, 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 a more quiet time, I'd say, where where they find space to to fit in um, a training into their schedule. So Q4 seems to be a very good very good time for for trainings here in Switzerland. Of course, then summer vacation is not the best time as many people are out and not in in the office. And or if they're in the office, they have to to be a deputy of, of others and have a lot lot of tasks to do. So this, these are things are quite obvious. And then we look back for the last few years and find out like when when did we had when we did we see good good amount of bookings over the year, try to find out and figure out why this happened. And then uh, we try to make use of this know how again for for the next year planning. So um, what we do is we delegate it to the to the trainers. They come up with some some dates, what they think it's good, and we then have in, in during this planning session, um, we give the trainers feedback and say, look, this is might not be a good idea or this is a good idea, and then we we get along with each other and have have the dates done. And then there is a third side. Um, which which is basically the strategical one of how many of what and and what training shall we offer um so if we offer too many then we don't have enough um people who sign up for it and we have to move the dates or transfer um interested uh, people who who signed up into other classes which we don't like to do <coughs> excuse me this is especially imagine you you sign up for a class which happens in two weeks or three weeks from now and and, and you're looking forward to it and then a couple of days before the training should start you get a message ah the class will not happen so this is not this is a lot of inconvenience we don't actually want to bring to the to the participants at the same time we we know that participants sign up uh, on on especially one of the big thing is the timing <laughs> and the more trainings we have we offer the more we catch but uh, so there's there's this this um, 
should we offer a lot of trainings or just enough? Um, what is enough? And will we not catch people because they go to someone else and, and, and buy it there? So this is a bit a uh, how do you say um, a mismatch, and and it's also difficult for us. So if anyone out there has a good good uh, good tip how how we could do that better, how we better come to that numbers, um, we are so open and, and and looking for your answer as well. Okay, so you you haven't figured out the the best uh, the best way to. Uh, to balance uh, the number of um, you might you, the number of trainings you offer um, and uh, to to the registrations, right? That's absolutely true. Um, no, we have not found it yet. Um, we would love to have this, uh, especially. I mean, there's the from the participant side. I already mentioned it, but there's also the story from the trainer side. The trainers have also a calendar and a reservation in their calendars. And, and uh, if the training is, we have to cancel the training, then these guys have no work, so to say, and they don't earn any 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 money during that time. So, so um, yeah, you see the difficulty, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, what, what is your current approach? I don't I do understand that you haven't figured out the best way uh, yet but what's uh, what's what's your current approach so how do you solve it right now yeah good question so so I'd say it, it's quite a pragmatic one um, we have given ourselves an okr so a key result which which is eighty uh, percent of the trainings who are on our website um, shall not be cancelled so we, we will only maximum we want to cancel 80 uh, 20% of the trainings um, so what we do is is um, we try to, to to figure out where the people are so sometimes you know when you're in coaching sessions if there are some people interested or we get uh, people who si send us emails or, or sign up for something or have a request or call in so we got a bit of a feeling how many people want to to come up we work together with HR uh, departments and their internal academies so so we could also get some numbers and forecasts from them but this is just God's feeling right so so that's uh, but but at least it's it's one of the inputs we have and the other one is we ask all the 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 participants in our trainings why they have decided it where did they find us um so we can enhance our reach and the effectiveness of our ads or or um commercials or social media posts so we could like expand our reach to to get the information out to more people and hopefully to get more market share and more participants over time. Mm -hmm. uh, this you're talking about here, you're talking about how you um, get participants uh, into into the trainings that already schedule. And uh, what uh, what I am uh, trying to still understand uh, is uh, how you make a decision uh, to run a, a workshop or uh, to plan a workshop or not to plan for example so right i'm sitting right now so just imagine this is uh, 
um, I'm just starting completely new training company and uh, I have some I, I have a couple of trainers working with me for example and uh, I try to come up with a uh, with a schedule and uh, uh, how do I decide that uh, this training should should go uh, that in this month for example in in March we should have two scrum trainings and one uh, leadership training and in April we should have that training and that training so how how do you decide that well good question um i think i mean we look back to to the years before and and see the seasonality and and see when trainings were had good bookings um we ask people we know in larger companies if there are interests in, in in our trainings if people want to sign up for our training if they know so we try to get some information out prior we book and our plan if possible we work together with these academies these internal academies so so we might get a bit of feeling what what's hip what's in what's what's good so that's how we we try to get information in and the rest is just guessing right it, it's just mm -hmm. uh, do some experiments and 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 find out what happens so we we come up with hypotheses and say okay we think that before holidays or vacation time or after is a good time and and then we try um it's a bit difficult last one and a half years, right? With, with, with COVID. <laughs> so, so, so actually, honestly, we guess a lot and we do a lot of experiments, but then using the data afterwards, but still we do a lot of experiments. Uh huh. That's, and, and do you, um, so you, you measure, you measure the, the experiments afterwards, right? So by taking, taking the data and see, okay, this didn't work. So should we iterate on that? Or, or how you do that? Yes. So we, we gather the data, the, the actuals um, of, of signups and also all the feedback from the people who participants participate at our trainings. Right. So when we, we ask and say, why did you sign up? Um, where did you find us? And so, so we get some information um, and depending what happened, if they, for example, saw us at the conference and then sign up for a training, we know that conferences work very well. Um, people see us talking and then they say, well, these are cool guys. I would like to sign up. Um, and, and then we, we get a feeling of where people are to when I mean, they take the decision and, and what, what that means. So we also do some interviews from time to time. Um, and go deeper and, and check out what was their decision path and how did they get into the sales funnel and what did they need before they, they made the sign up and stuff. But um, we are a small company, right? So, so we are not too deep into that. Uh, too mm -hmm. bad, actually. We would like to, be, to know much more, but we don't. We, we actually don't have enough data to do to follow up on this in a good way. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense because you always you always balance, right? So uh, what you do, <laughs> you go into the experiments and you go into interviewing customers uh, or 
you know, customers on one side of the business or you invest in the other side of the business which uh, bring real money uh, right away for example coaching or whatever you have right mm -hmm. okay uh, this is Sometimes there are opportunities, right? Sometimes you see that there there is no one or not that many people have signed up. Um, we, we might call them and say, hey, what up? What about if we could transfer you to another training? Um, there's not not enough people have signed up for a training. And then we get some some days off our schedule and maybe we have some opportunities at a business at a, where we coach at and then we, we have available days suddenly, uh, which is also an opportunity from time to time, which is not the goal, not the target, <laughs> but but very pragmatic um, flying down the calendars timeline, right? So we can fill up these these days with with coachings if you're lucky. Mm -hmm. So um, signing up. So you do a lot of experimenting uh, experiments uh, with by some reason you you call guessing uh, obviously experiments are guessing but still if you measure them some uh, some uh, somehow uh, you you measure the ex success they're experimenting other uh, experiments and then you, uh, there are OKRs that you you try to achieve and you as I understand uh, as a career works you should have some kind of meetings and uh, reviewing of this IKR and how they uh, how they go uh, this is quite awesome and uh, you have a plenty of uh, uh, delegation uh, going on because uh, you 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 let your trainers uh, your trainers to come up with uh, come up with the dates and then there are strategic uh, strategic, uh, strategic decision uh, which uh, which direction to go and how many uh, how many trainings to to have yeah yeah that's uh, okay nicely summed up sergey yeah okay uh that's this this is pretty cool uh thank you very much philip uh for your time and uh, um, it for me it was really interesting to to hear and so to understand so how how me for example if i decide to start a training company so how how i should do that <laughs> i i probably won't do that <laughs> i have no experience but um uh, for our listeners it may be useful yeah so you're not starting up a training company now not oh. right now <laughs> not right now yeah but if you want to do so i'm happy to share our, our experiences right so if yeah you i decide i to do so yeah if i decide if you decide to, to do so i i think I, I start with measuring uh the interest of of, uh, of my trainings because i have i have no idea and uh, how popular that would be and uh, i guess yeah. it would be very very difficult in the beginning for me to do that go out and try right that's <laughs> maybe a good good point to start with hey thank you for for interviewing me and having me here yeah, uh, thank you very much and have a nice day. You too. See you, Sergey. Okay. See you. Thank you very much, Philip, for your insights. Building a good training calendar requires a try-to-week-repeat approach. Today, Philip has shared with us some tricks they use at Flow Days. Setting a success rate for workshops 
as a goal or objective is the first one. It gives clarity to trainers and students and serves as an informal contract between you and your clients. It also allows a marketing department to concentrate on what is needed the most. Listening to the market and understanding its cadence is the second trick. You constantly need to talk to your customers about their needs, learn about the latest trends, and analyze past data to know the preferences of your clients. For example, when the HR departments and employees are looking for additional education. In many countries, it's the fourth quarter, as many departments have budget for employees' development and they are in hurry to spend it before the end of the year. Last but not the least is running and measuring the experiments. You cannot expect to make any mistakes and create a perfect training calendar on the first run. Obviously, you can expect, but it's wishful thinking. A more robust approach is to record your assumptions while building a calendar and analyzing afterwards how these assumptions play out and what can be improved within a cycle. I am confident that many of you use other tricks as well. If you are ready to share them, please drop us a line at hi at trainingbusinessanatomy.com. One more time, hi at trainingbusinessanatomy.com. We are very open to any feedback and I reply to you personally. That was your host, Sergey Kotlov. Stay tuned.